I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today I'm joined by a top, top goalkeeper, current international goalkeeper, Watford number one. Please welcome Daniel Backman. It's been a great journey so far, Watford, and obviously I've got five years left on my contract, so it's not looks a bad like... place to be, is it? You've got a little backstory at Wrexham. It was one of your first loan moves, actually, wasn't it? It was my first loan move, yeah. Making mistakes, making mistakes is part of being a goalkeeper. We went in at half time, thought, what's going on here, lads? We're absolutely battering Arsenal. It was a full Arsenal yeah. team as well. Bushido, oh my god, how do I know? <laughs> oh my god, I am so embarrassed. Oh, ten times worse than that. A lot worse than that. I missed the next game because of it. Oh, did you get sent off? I did. Oh, no, I'm going to have to watch this now. Long ago, of course, my father-in-law, my phone rings, and it's my old agent who I've not spoken to for eight months since we've had since the breakup. Break since the breakup. Since the breakup. Because they had Gomi, uh, Aurelia Gomez yeah. in front of me, and then Fozzie, you know, <laughs> doesn't get really much harder, you know, obviously two absolute legends of the game. The squad for the Euros was not my first caller, but the first one in years. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I must have a chance here to play. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Today, I'm joined by a top, top goalkeeper, current international goalkeeper, Watford number one. Please welcome Daniel Backman. 
Hello, everyone. How, How are you doing, mate? For having me. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, been a long time like, trying to get you in. Uh, I'm buzzing you in. Uh. Yeah, we spoke about it a few times and uh, had to cancel a couple of times as well. But yeah, I'm finally here and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, obviously, uh, both of our friends in common, Fozzie sorted us out a little bit. He's put me in contact with you yeah. and that. Uh, we were just talking off air about Fozzie, about right, it yeah. changed, changed the game a little bit. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, we, like I said, we just spoke about it off air and, um, you know, he's found a great niche there with, with what he started and obviously very successful with it. And, you know, he's got the personality as well for it, doesn't he? You know, he's, he's very outgoing and, you know, he loves he loves talking and he's... Uh, he loves the know, sound of his he, own he, voice. We he, can both say that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, but no, he's, he's he's done very well for, him, for himself with that. And, you know, obviously people love watching it as well. Yeah, how are you getting on anyway? Obviously, Watford are... Mid table at the moment, but uh, personally yourself, you're playing really well, and uh, obviously you've had a couple of clean sheets in the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean we've 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 started well, we started incredible really with the yeah. first first game, obviously four 0 up at halftime, first game of the season. You can't ask for much more <laughs> yeah, really. Course, yeah. But then it kind of you know started a little bit, and you know had ten games of you know bad, quite a bad run, and obviously lost quite a few too many. Um, but you know we're unbeaten in six now, one three of the last six, four clean sheets in the last six, so. It's um it's starting to come together. Um, it's obviously been a big change in the summer with you know with the manager and you know a lot of players have left. New players have come in. Uh, very young team and certainly a massive change of you know the style and how we play for for me especially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's getting better by the game and um, you know so it's, it's a long way to go. Uh, you seem really happy at Watford, especially obviously like you're the captain and like I said, which is a huge honour. You're still very young to to get that sort of uh, accomplishment under your belt, but do you feel like it's because you've seen all the like over the last few years a lot of changes and you're kind of like the stalwart that's been there through all of the different ups and downs? Yeah, I've been there for, been there for six and a half years, so it is, it is a long time. Um, and obviously, it's a great honour to be you know club captain now, and I'm you know I'm really happy about it. Like like you say, you know you probably see I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm happy at Watford. I enjoy my football. I enjoy training, and um, yeah, things have changed a lot in the last, especially I'd say in the last. 12 to 15 months kind of thing it's um yeah things things have changed a lot to the positive uh, without a doubt but yeah it's um you know it's been obviously it's been a, been a great journey so far at Watford and obviously I've you know I've got five years left on my contract so it's not a bad like, place to be is it looks like I'll be there for you know for a long time and um you know it gets me to over 10 years um so no I'm looking forward to the future and um obviously for now to have a successful season and hopefully get get back to the Premier League like you said uh, about, I wanted to mention your five-year contract. It's very rare in football now, but it's also a huge pat on the back that when you do get something like that, that you know that you're going to be at that club settled, family will be happy, uh, and then you're only going to get more out of you. To, you'll get your best and most enjoyable playing years in this spell because you're not worried about background noise or distractions or when's your next contract. Yeah, I mean, you've just mentioned the, the family, you know, safety and not just the safety, but just the, you know, the settlement of, you know, the, the family being at home and knowing we don't have to move around. Now, obviously, my kids are both in school. Um, well, my daughter's just started in reception. My son's in year one. So it's, you know, it's nice for, for them as well. And my wife, obviously, to, you know, to know this is where we're going to be for the next few years. And um, that then reflects on me, you know, if they're happy, that just makes my life a lot easier and I can just fully concentrate on football yeah. and, you know, just, just give my best every day. No, exactly that, right. Uh, a lot of uh, my fans, like I said to you before, uh, Wrexham fans as well, but like, you've got a little backstory of Wrexham. It was one of your first loan moves, actually, wasn't it? It was my first loan move, yeah. In 2014 was the uh, first time I went on loan, obviously, to Wrexham. And I really enjoyed my time there. Um, it was a little bit, 
injury ridden the season. I think I've only played about 22 games in the end. But no, it was it was a great experience for me. First time in in, in men's football. Um, you know, I couldn't really have picked a better club. You know, fan rise and obviously the you know the coaching staff at the time as well and. Um, all the players, it just it just felt really, you know, felt a really good environment for yeah. me to, you know, have my first steps in in men's football. Yeah, obviously the the club's changed uh, massively since then. Uh, have you got any memories from then that you still think that like are uh, like community sort of stuff, or even the players, like the way that the the club brings itself together as a community? Yeah, like like I said, it just felt really homely from you know from the moment I got there. You know, there was no. There was a lot of nerves, you know, for me going in there. Yeah. And I was 19, 20 years old at the time, and it, it's, you know, it's 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 uncomfortable sometimes. You, you know New what I'm talking are, about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It can be a bit uncomfortable, especially when you're that young. Yeah. And for me, it was the first time in men's football. But everyone was so welcoming. You know, that the fan base. Obviously, I met a lot of fans. You meet them outside the stadium, and um, it, it was it just yeah. Thinking back now, it just it just felt really easy to just concentrate on football, not having you know anything to worry about. Um, you know, just just felt the support really from you know from from the whole club. Let's carry on on uh, the loan moves and uh, the loan system. Obviously, it's played a huge part in uh, your early career. Uh, I, I was the same, uh, moving around from club to club when you're not getting game time at your your home club. Basically, it's so valuable uh, early doors to go out and learn the game a bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you know nothing teaches you as much as playing does, and regardless of the level, you know speak to some of our young goalies now I'm, I'm a bit more experienced now so I speak to you know the younger lads as well and I tell them you know when some of them say I don't want to go conference south and I say to them you got to do it yeah. because it doesn't matter you yeah. know the standards a lot better than you probably think it is yes firstly that and secondly there's a massive difference in playing men's football in general regardless of the level than it is under 23s football yeah. firstly just it means something you know every point is important yeah you know, whether it's because it's financially, because they've got a win bonus and they've got looked after their families, whatever it is, but it's different. So it's such a big part. And I think especially for a goalkeeper, you know, same for outfield players, but I think goalkeepers, it's even more important to have that under your belt as soon as you can yep. and play as many games as you can, regardless of the level. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with that. See, goalkeepers, like winning and losing is so vital for your education. So the, the the quicker that you can learn that along your way, the better. Obviously, winning and losing isn't just about uh, three points on a Saturday. It's about making yourself better. But you're never going to do that unless you test yourself. And in the youth team environments where it's like it's all about development and just making sure you're getting better, goalkeepers need to be hungry to keep clean sheets and keep the work on net. Exactly. You don't learn that until you start playing. You don't. And also, I think a big part of... Going alone is what, well, certainly for me, it was what I've learned a lot of is, you know, making mistakes. Yes. Making mistakes is part of being a goalkeeper. Yeah. We all make mistakes. The best goalkeepers in the world make a lot of mistakes. It's just part of the game. Without mistakes, there wouldn't be goals. And that's just that's just part of it. And I think in the under 23 system or under 18s, whatever it is, if you make a mistake there, nothing happens. Yes, nothing. Whereas if, regardless of the level, like I said before, in men's football, you make a mistake, you've got to learn how to deal with it because you've got the t your teammates that you're letting down, whereas in the academy, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. And there it does, and that, that's what I learned a lot of, that just to, you, ball's gone in the net, I've talked, excuse my language, yeah, no. and it's done. You yeah. can't change it, so you've got to look forward and get on with it, and th that's a big part of what I learned, certainly, especially with my first couple of loan moves, just to get rid of the mistakes, you know, or not get rid of them, but just not let them affect your, you know, the performance, the rest yeah. of the game and the next game. Yeah. That's certainly one 
one of the biggest parts for me that, that I've learned going yeah. along. Uh, a couple of your low moves up in Scotland and that, they're, they're, it's a tough learning place. I, I did that as well. I, I had a couple of moves up there. And when you make a mistake and the fans let you know, you hear every word they're saying mm -hmm. and what it means to them and how it should feel for you. Like, I think you were uh, Kilmarnock and Ross County. Yeah. And like, they're tough places to play. Yeah, I mean, the, the Ross County one was a bit of a tricky one. Um, I went there in the summer, um, just before, about a week before the season started, I went up there and obviously I went on loan. That was straight after my loan at Wrexham. Um, went went up there, obviously, you know, to play. Yeah. And I didn't play. And, you know, it was, it was tough because obviously I was still only 20, I think 20, maybe just turned 21. Um, and it's not exactly the easiest place to live because it's so far away from everything. It's I think it's about four or five hours north of Glasgow. Yes, it is. Yeah, Dingwall. It's Dingwall, exactly. So I lived in Inverness in the well, the time I was yeah. there. I was only there for seven weeks. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I couldn't deal with it. Yeah. Um, but I've learned a lot from it. Again, you know, it's 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 it's, it's quite. A, it wasn't the most positive loan, but I've learned things from it. Do you know what I mean? And it's um, that's what it's about. You know, that one didn't work out. Yeah. And I really struggled mentally, you know, being there on my own. And so far away from oh. home and what you're accustomed to. But like you said, yeah. if you've gone up there to play and you're not in the team straight away, it's hard to build that relationship in yeah. the dressing room with people. Exactly. And you're also questioning, why am I even here? Yeah. I should be playing. I was, I was yeah. told I was playing. Or Yeah, and it's it's not, I mean, not playing is part of the development, you know, especially in my career. I've, I've not played a lot. <laughs> if I've not played a lot, you know, especially when I was younger. So... You know, I can deal with the not playing, but obviously then everything together, and especially like you said, the loan is there to play. And it didn't work out, I didn't play, but then everything around it just made it so much more difficult with being so far from everything, not knowing anyone. And yep. I kind of just sheltered myself in my apartment, you know, went to training and went straight back home and it just, I wasn't happy at all. I was really struggling. So obviously, you know, got made the decision with the club, with Stoke at the time together. Yep. That I come back and I ended up going to Bury, I think, four weeks after that. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked out all right in the end. Yeah. But again, just on the loan system, then, oh, uh, I just wanted to finish off, but like it's so important that people go out and learn the game at different levels. Uh, and like, you, like we're saying about winning and losing, sometimes it, it doesn't matter if you you have to go out of your comfort zone, is the biggest thing, especially for a goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's, that's it, just to learn little things. You know, it might not even be anything technical, it's, it's a lot. Goalkeeping, especially, it's it's very mental. You know, yeah. it's you, you need to be very strong mentally to be a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and you know, the little things like making a mistake and dealing with it in front of a crowd for the first time, in front of uh, for a team that you know where it means something to win, where you where you you know you have to win and you have to do well and you you need to do a job for your teammates. So it's um, yeah, I, th I think it's great and it's uh, it's not very common from where I'm from. Obviously, I'm Austrian, so we don't really have that system there. Yeah. Same in Germany, it's not very common yeah. in England. It's it's very common, and I think it's I think it's uh, it's great. Yeah, excellent. Right, I've got a couple of quick fire questions here, cool. just daft goalie ones. Right, uh, catch or parry? Catch. Favorite kit color? Uh, purple. Purple, yeah. I think yeah. that's the first time I've had purple. Yeah, Normally like people purple. say green or black. Yeah, I like purple. Yeah, purple, nice. Yeah. yeah. Right, play out from the back or kick it long. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say play out from the back now, the way we play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do actually really enjoy it, so I'd say play out from the back. Right, on that then, right? Obviously, you've been asked to do, do yeah. a different role this year. You're typically used to playing forward a lot and yeah. you're being progressive. And yeah, uh, to change the way that you play now, how's that? Been is it? Been yeah, tough? it's. It, I mean, it's been a tough preseason just because you know I've 
had a lot of, uh, you know, extra hours at the training ground and, you know, just had to work on it yeah. just for myself as well, yes. you know, just to get more comfortable with it. And then it's confidence as well. Yeah, that's and, you, and the uh, thing most is, goalkeepers have got the ability to do it, but it's also it's a confidence and bravery to execute. Exactly it. that. And one thing as well that I've found out, especially over the first few games in the season, because in preseason, it's slightly different. You know, if you remember, we played Arsenal in preseason. I think it was our third preseason game when we've just changed our style. And honestly, we played, we went in at halftime for what's going on here, lads? We're absolutely battering Arsenal. And it was a full Arsenal yeah. team as well. And they didn't, they couldn't deal with how we played because, you know, almost played like a third centre-back in between the two centre-backs. They couldn't deal with it. And obviously there was always a spare man. And, you know, I found passes that I've never seen in my <laughs> life before. So like, what's happening here? But then obviously as the season starts, it becomes a bit more difficult because people watch our games and it becomes yep. a bit more difficult. But what I found, like you say, we can all do it. We can all pass the ball. That's not, Obviously, you've got people like Edison and yes. Testegan, and did, of course, they have slightly more ability to see passes or play passes or whatever, but we can all play the passes that we're asked to play. I think for me, the biggest thing was the decision-making, to not force the passes and to not think, right, this is how we're going to play. And I always have to find the number eight. I always have to you know, drill it low into the striker. Yep. Just to do the simple things. And when the, the, the amazing pass is on, you know, then you can do it. But just when you're 100% sure. And yep. that's what I found difficult the first few games. And um, it worked well most times, but then there's times where I play a ball and it gets cut out. And I'm thinking, I shouldn't have played that. Yep. But it's just the decision making, not the quality. No. And that's what's the hardest part about it, I thought. Yeah, obviously, we've, we've both played for different managers that try and changed the way that you play. Like Obviously, in Scotland, I was always told, kick it as far away from your own goal as you can because yeah. they can't score from there. But like, I've, I came through an academy where we played football. I've played for teams that like to play football. Yeah. And so like in training, I feel like I'm like one of the best outfielders because I'll just step into midfield and start spraying passes. Yeah. But when it comes to a game, unless your manager's telling you you're 100%, like, it's his fault if you make yeah. a mistake. It's hard yeah. to, to do it with as much conviction. Yeah, for sure. And obviously you, you look at like we're saying Arsenal then, but like the, the Raya and uh, Ramsdale situation, it's a difficult one because unless the manager's telling you to, you have to do it that way, mm. like... It's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Yes. And I don't think some of the, the audience and the people, the public will know how difficult having that confidence to, to execute every mm. part is. But yeah. like you said, you're going to get some wrong. You yeah, are. exactly. And to, to be fair to our new manager now, um, well, new, he's obviously been here for a few months now, but he's really supportive when it comes to that. You know, yeah. he knows this is how we're trying to play. And mistakes are going to happen. Like I said before, mistakes are part of the game. Yeah. And mistakes are going to happen, obviously, we have to limit them, especially at the back. You know, we can't afford to make too many mistakes. And um, yeah, that that's just comes down to decision-making again. But I know in my situation now, obviously I've worked on it for, you know, quite a lot over the last four months or so. Yeah. And I know I've got the backing from the manager, um, which is obviously nice yeah, because exactly, you know, yeah. this is what, what he wants us to do. If it goes wrong, well, it goes wrong. Yeah. But um, it's just nice to have that backing, like you, like you say. Yeah. And obviously we've always got the get out of jail free card and just to kick it as long as we can. So it is always, it's our decision at the yeah. end of the day. And if we do make a mistake, it's, it's on us. But yeah. that's what makes goalie specials is we're the first ones to put our hands up and go, oh, I got that one wrong. Yeah. We're an outfielder. They, all, they can misplace a pass or... They can kick a ball out of play and then they'll just get back into shape and act like nothing's Nothing ever happens. happened. Yeah. But a goalkeeper, everyone's going, why is he trying that? Yeah. And it's like you get a different perspective yeah. of like, we kick a ball out of play and it's like, it's got the whole pitch to aim for. Yeah. But yeah. it's the same, an outfielder has still got 
10 other, 11, uh, 10 other people to yeah. pass to and they can still kick it out of play yeah. but it's just perspective exactly. on what the yeah. audience thinks of a goalie yeah. we're just a bit special aren't we it's just a special position we are special it's, mate. It's, I don't uh, like people calling us weird or crazy we're special, special. Mate. that's yeah. it that's we're a exactly unique it. breed right just a couple of other quick fires right. your best stadium you've ever played at uh, stadium, uh, just stadium. I'm not talking about atmosphere. Just the stadium has to be the Tottenham Hotspur yeah, Stadium, the new one. Yeah. Some venue. Oh, it? it's incredible. Yeah, it's just incredible. Cool. And yeah. Wembley, obviously, Wembley's up there. Yeah. Right, um, right your favourite ever goalkeeper, Buffon. Yeah. Yeah, Gianluigi Buffon. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Just I loved watching so him growing class, up. Oh, I loved watching him growing up. Some goals amazing. As well. Yeah. But just amazing. the way his mannerisms, just and his everything composure. about him, you know, is you know the way he handles with mistakes is like nothing's happened. You yeah. know, it's just yeah, it's just great to watch. Yeah, yeah great guy. Yeah, um, I've got uh, who's the best goalkeeper in the world right now? Well, before his injury, I would have said Courtois, but obviously he's done his ACL. So right now, um, tough in the world. Right well, it's, now, t- isn't it's it? really tough right now because I think Courtois was quite obvious the best. I yeah. think over the last season well, or so because of the Champions League. Exactly, yeah. just the way he, he just. Always as class, yeah, doesn't he? Gotcha. He's, uh, um, oh, that is a tough one. I think it's a really, I don't think there's anyone that really stands out. There's an elite group. Yeah, there? there is. But I don't think there's one way you can say, obviously, Testagan's got to be up there. Yeah. Um, the two Brazilians are up there. Two Brazilians are up there. I like that. Uh, Mike Magnan. Yeah. AC Milan, I like him. Good goalie. Um, <laughs> one I'll mention who might not even be in that group, but I think uh, Vicario from Tottenham. Yeah, I think he's surprised a lot of people. He's having a great well, season. He's been the best goalie so far in the Premier yeah, League without a doubt this agree. season. Um, he's been different class, so he's got to be up there right now, yeah, surely. Yeah, really, yeah. No, it's a good, um, great shout. I yeah. like that. Right, and then last one, right? It's the last minute of a game. Uh, you can either save a penalty to guarantee a win, or you can go up, it's a draw, and you score the winner. Which one are you doing? Save the penalty for the win and the clean sheet. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, can't be. Yeah, if you scored before, though. I haven't, but I'm never going to go forward again either. I don't know if you saw what happened last season when I went forward. No, I've not seen it. Okay, let's not talk, let's about, talk about that. That sounds a good story, <laughs> this one. Have you gone up and they've broken scored? Oh, 10 times worse than that. A lot worse than that. I missed the next game because of it. Oh, did you get sent off? I did. Oh, no, I'm going to have to watch this now. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's a great watch as well. Is it? If you're not me, it's a great watch. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. It was. Have you tried to get back in and made a late? Oh, no, no, a lot worse than that. What so What's happened here? <laughs> we're 1-0 up with about 20 minutes to go at home to Huddersfield. Um, they score 1-1, 2-1, 3-1 within eight minutes. And they're bottom of the table as well, obviously. We're still trying to get, you know, go to the Premier yeah. League. It's about 10 games left to go in the season. Last season, that was. And um, so then 91st minute, uh, Asamba Longa scores 3-2. Yeah. So we've got a chance to at least get a point. Uh, 94th minute, we win a foul... You know, just on the side somewhere, you know, free kick to get whipped in. I obviously go forward. One of the players goes down, is injured. I'm like, obviously, I'm I'm angry inside, you know, trying to pull him up, trying to help him up. He's like throwing himself on the ground and also I said, get up. <laughs> so anyway, the referee like comes up to me, like kind of shoves me away and says, I'll leave him alone. I said, he's got nothing wrong with him. He just sat down and blah, blah, blah. So the referee booked me. Whatever. So I went in the box, ball comes in, gets cleared. Gets headed back in towards the goal, but just like maybe four or five yards left of the post, yeah. like looking at the goal left of the post. And I'm, I'm running towards it. I'm thinking, I'm looking across and I can see two of our players in the middle unmarked. I'm thinking, oh, if I get across, if I get that ball across, we score. Yeah. So the ball's bouncing and I'm trying to do like a kung fu kick or whatever, try to get the ball across, defender goes and heads it. Oh, and no. I didn't touch him, but obviously high foot. it was a really high foot. And it didn't look great. You know, it really looked like a Kung Fu kick. You yeah. know, Daniel-san. That's literally <laughs> what it looked like. 
And yeah. he obviously, he obviously went on the floor, held his face. I got sent off. I uh, got another booking and got two bookings within thirty seconds. Sent oh, off, missed no. the next game. So I'm, I'm staying in my golf. From yeah, now on. I don't blame you. Save I'm the penalty then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely. it. I'm not going forward again. But uh, yeah, it doesn't look great when you watch it. Oh man, I need to. I'm going to go and watch that tonight on my way home. That's class. Uh, right, I want to go back to the start then, right? Uh, obviously, becoming a goalkeeper. Do you have uh, What's your earliest memory? Um, earliest memories, um, my first memory, I remember I always wanted to be in goal. Um, always. I was, I was a striker. Obviously, yeah. most people start yeah, off as, yeah. a, you know, as an attacker or outfielder anyway. And I played for my local club and um, my dad was, was the coach. Not, not just my dad, obviously. One year group was my dad and other coaches as well. And I was always... You know, I was doing all right. I scored a lot of goals, obviously, in the local games and stuff, you know, like under eights, under nines, under tens, scored a lot of goals. And then every now and then I could go in goal, second half or something, you know, well, for 10 minutes, put me in goal. And I just always loved it. And, you know, I had a bit of a feel for it. I must have. And then I actually went to an academy in Austria, but as a striker when yeah. I was 10, signed for an academy. And um, about two months in, we went on a tournament, um, like a two-day tournament, um, obviously only one goal at this age group. First day I scored about five goals, six goals and, you know, five, six games, whatever. Making it look easy. Yeah. Did okay, you know, and um, go back to the hotel at night and we're playing tag and the goalkeeper was the tagger and, you know, playing and he's chasing one of the, the other kids and the kid that's being chased slams the door and he's obviously tagging behind him and his toe got caught in the door. Oh. So I didn't have a goalie for the next day. I obviously volunteered to go and goal. Yeah. I uh, loved it and obviously did well. And then they brought like a goalie coach in um, to, you know, work with me a little bit and have a look kind of thing and see if he thinks I might be all right. Him, yeah. Exactly. And he said, yeah, he's, you know, he might have a bit, you know, it's obviously only 10, 11. So too early to tell. Too early to but tell, but he looks okay. You know, he doesn't look out of place. Yep. Oh, he's got good hand-eye coordination. So, yep. you know, leave him in goal. So yeah, since then I've been been in goal. That's crazy that. Yeah. So it's a by accident game of tag. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I always wanted to be in goal, but yeah. if that doesn't happen, Do you I think probably you would have tried to become a goalkeeper. I don't think he point. probably would have come to that because I was already at an academy. Yes. So, you know, I was already halfway at down the highest the system, level. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, at the highest level obviously in Austria and um, you know, I was doing okay as well. I was, you know, scoring goals and I did okay. And then that's obviously happened. So someone had to go and go. I volunteered and I just thought, I don't want to get out anymore. I yeah. just want to stay in there. And yeah, it's been ever, ever since. And then obviously you'd have went into a lot of coaching. Uh, you moved to a few academies as well, a lot in Austria, didn't yeah. you? Did you find that you enjoyed the challenge of moving from academy to academy? Or was you quite settled in one place and you thought I don't, and enjoyed one coach? So the the moving around, so... I signed for a club called Admira Mödling when I was 10. That's the, my first academy, and obviously that's when I became a goalkeeper. And then they, the club went, I'm not sure the word in English is uh, insolvent. Is that the right word? Like yeah. they kind of lost everything and yeah, had yeah. to, you know, had no money. So they, you know, stopped, you know, I didn't have a goalie coach there anymore. So I went to Rapid Vienna, yeah. mainly for that reason, not because I wanted to leave the club, yeah. but because I needed coaching and yeah. I didn't get that there. So I went to Rapid Vienna, but... As soon as the club were back up and running at Mira, I just wanted to go back because I just, you know, I really liked the club and my friends and everything. And it was just, um, it just felt better. So yeah. I went back there after six months. So that's obviously the one switch. And then the other one was Sturm Graz when yeah. I was 15. Um, yeah, 15. Yeah, 15. I think it was 15, 2009. That was because they kind of offered me, it's very unusual, like in Austria, you know, when you sign for an academy, you don't get a contract. You know, it's it's not like, you know, that you get paid 
80 quid a week, whatever, yeah. like it is in like most academies yeah, like, in England, yeah. like a scholarship that, yeah, does, scholarship that doesn't exist in Austria. And then they offered me like a like a young professional contract, if you want, at Sturm Graz, and they paid me, not a lot, but, you know, they, they paid me, and I lived in, uh, like, it was like a boarding school, and I trained with the first team quite regularly at 15, which was obviously so quite cool, so really that's why I did it. Then, yeah. That's why I did it, and um, then, um, yeah, I really struggled with, you know, being away from home, boarding school, so... I went to Austria Vienna, who wanted to sign me at the same time as Sturm Graz did, but I decided to go to Sturm Graz, uh, and then ended up going to Austria Vienna, and then obviously from there to to Stoke. Yeah, so it's, yeah, that's why there's so many clubs. Yeah, no, but obviously, like to fast track that quickly, and obviously there's a story behind that people don't know until you tell it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's amazing that how quickly teams were willing to fast track you and put you on a, a young professional contract and mm. get you trained with the first team. Yeah. 15, 16 years old is it doesn't yeah. happen a lot. Well, you, yeah. Any academy, any clubs you've been at now, how many times do you have a 15, 16 year old goalkeeper that joins in? So yeah, not very often, yeah. Exactly. So obviously in Austria, where chances are limited, you've got to be ready to take the next opportunity. Yeah, for sure. You've, I, I think, um, obviously I came to England quite young. I came on my 17th birthday, uh, signed for Stoke. So I left quite early. But I do feel like, you know, if you look over the history, uh, and the Austrian league is getting a lot a lot better for sure, you know, obviously, especially with Red Bull Salzburg and Sturm Graz are yep. doing really well. Now. So the league is getting better. But in the goalkeeping position, you don't really see any Austrian goalkeepers that play in the Austrian league make a good move. Yep. For whatever reason that might be. So I'm glad I got away early. Yes. You know, and got my chance, obviously, to play in England. Whereas I think if I would have stayed there and maybe gone down the route of playing in the Austrian Bundesliga for a few years, it probably would have been tough to certainly come to England. Yes. Um, yeah, chances would have become a lot more limited. Well, yeah, and I, you know, just you know, if I look at other goalies, you know, around obviously the national team and stuff, and you know, most of them play in Austria, and they're obviously you know they're, they're in the international setup, but they can't get a move. Yeah, and you know, they're all top goalies as yeah, well. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah, not no, like, yes. but obviously they play in Austria, and I think that's probably why. Do you think it's just typecast then that? Yeah, I think obviously, the, you know, I think what doesn't help the Austrian league is the, that there's not a lot of people watching. And most, obviously, you've got Rapid Vienna. You've got uh, Red Bull Salzburg, who do okay, especially in the Champions League. They get good crowds. Yes. And then you've got Lask and Sturm Graz, maybe, sometimes. But the rest, you get three, 4,000 people. So it's obviously not very well watched. And it, it looks like it puts people off, especially the goalkeeping position, because yeah. you get some great players leaving Austria. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mane... Keita, yeah, you know, yeah. Haaland, you know, all these players obviously play for Salzburg. Yeah, yeah. Salzburg might be a, an exception, but it is different, difficult to get away from Austria once you're in the Austrian Bundesliga, certainly as a goalkeeper, that's for sure. Obviously, you said then uh, you moved to, to Stoke at such a young age. You've already said that you, you were homesick and one of your youth moves. This must be a whole different kettle of fish, no? So uh, I came over uh, <laughs> the day before the signing. Um, obviously my mum came with me because I wasn't 18 yeah. my agent so we come uh, we arrived in you know London in Manchester or Birmingham actually we flew to Birmingham got to Stoke about I don't know four in the afternoon on the Wednesday I think it was and um, you know we had a little stroll around town uh, Hanley called uh, yeah. nice little Hanley Hanley town in Stoke and then uh, went back to the hotel had some dinner and I must have been really quiet so go back to the room and my mum says to me um, are, are you alright? And I said, I can't do it. I need to go home. I, I, honestly, I can't do it. And obviously, as a mum, she was like, 
okay, of course, or, you know, whatever you want to do. She was packing do. your bags. She couldn't wait for you to say exactly. that. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was awkward the next morning because I did go home. Oh, you did? So, <laughs> woke up the next morning. So, he's like, right, I'll speak to Max, who was my agent at the time, and we'll sort it out. So, I woke up the next morning, obviously, butterflies, you know, nervous of how this is going to go. So, told him he wasn't happy. Of course not. Went to the training ground. Everyone's ready, you know, for the academy signings and stuff. And it's, it's quite a big thing, you know, yeah, especially for me. I'm coming from Austria. Yeah. Everyone's waiting for me to welcome me and stuff. And I'm going there to tell them, yeah, I'm not coming. I'm going home. So we did tell them that. And I did go home. You must have been so nervous oh, at that age God. to tell this these people that oh, a lot God. of faith he in was, you. He was, he was not nice. So obviously flew home. Um, and then over the next five days, Andy Kwai, uh, yes. who obviously yeah. was my goalie coach at Stoke, um, the academy goalie coach, Daniel Alcock, who's yeah. first team goalie coach at Forest now, yeah, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. So those were the two goalie coaches. And then, you know, they rang my dad a couple of times and my agent and spoke to me as well and said, listen, we'll make sure Dan's all right. He can go home whenever he wants. You know, you can come over whenever you, or, as in my parents can come over when everyone. So went, right, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. So I flew <laughs> yeah. back the week after I signed. And the first two months, I'm telling you, it was hard. Oh yeah. my God, the homesickness. There's a lot of tears. W was you in Diggs? I was in Diggs, yeah. I lived with a, a lovely family for one year. And what helped a lot, to be fair, was I was with a guy from Switzerland who signed at the same time. Spoke German as well. Oh, excellent. Helped a lot. So, but yeah, it was tough. There was a lot of tears. A lot of tears. He, he was your therapist. So. Oh my God. Was, but he was in the same situation, yeah. wasn't he? So it was hard for him as well. Especially on days off, all the lads go home and we're not, you know. Yeah. We're just, yeah, we don't have any family around. So it was tough. Um, always said, you know, it's a two-year contract. If you, you know, after that, I just come home. And I've been here twelve and a half years now. I'll probably never go never back. Go back. So, yeah. you know, my kids are obviously born in England. My wife's English, so everything's here now. See, look, you, you talk about that two years being really difficult, but also setting yourself that target. See, was there a point along that journey or along those two years you went? Actually, I tell you what, then I do want to. I can make a go of this here. But did that coincide with something at football that happened? Um, well, I got injured, so I started really well. I was playing really, obviously from my age, I was playing in the under 18s, and yeah. back then there wasn't the under 21s or under 23s yet. No, it was the reserves, so it was 18s and reserves, which I thought was better. If you, if, you know, if you ask me to compare them, I think it's better. Yeah. Um, you know, because every Tuesday you had a reserves game, mix of first team academy. Uh, the I thought it was great. The players that didn't play on the weekend, exactly. all play in it, and then you'd get like the, the cream of the crop from the under 18s join you, and it was... Yeah. It I became thought it was a great. really good game. I really thought it was great. Yeah, and I obviously agree. for us young players, it was brilliant. You know, yes. you play with first-team players against some first-team players. So obviously played it pretty much every Saturday, Tuesday um, and started really well and obviously started to enjoy myself and it got easier as the months went on. And then in November, I had a back injury. Um, I had like a stress fracture. I got infected and I was out for nearly, nearly a year. I ended up with a cast from just below my chest down to my knee and oh. it was bad so obviously I missed nearly my full first season I played for three months and then didn't play again until the next pre-season so that was really really tough but that made me want it even more you know because I went home for two months in that time where I couldn't do anything yeah. went back to Austria and that made me want it so much more I thought nah this I've had one year left then on my contract and I got thought set to prove then you got to yeah I'm your you know I'm I'm proper going for it. I mean I was always a hard worker and always but I was like nah this this is happening I'm, I'm becoming a professional footballer yeah and then it you know started to come together obviously the first few months coming back was tough as it always is after injury yeah but then started getting better started training with the first team regular obviously with the uh, Asmi Begovic Thomas Serenson at the time you know couldn't really ask for 
better people to learn off and train with and obviously better Andy humans Clyde. as well though. exactly yeah. is see had obviously great people to yeah. you know to be with every day to, to learn from on the pitch off the pitch it was brilliant Andy Kwai uh, top guy as well obviously you know I've got him a lot to thank for as well yeah, yeah. firstly just being in the country because you know he was he stayed persistent and um but yeah so me being uh bosnian and uh Sorensen being um danish danish obviously they would have taken a real liking to you being austrian did you find that they looked after you a bit more than others yeah especially obviously tommy was very because he was he held he must have been about 36 37 38 even yeah. when i started coming up so he genuinely could have been my dad. Oh. So <laughs> he, he could have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, age-wise. So um, he was obviously, you know, very helpful. So was Asmir, but obviously Asmir was more focused because he was playing. playing. He was just becoming one of the best goalies in the Premier League. And Crazy, yeah. um, it was obviously great to watch, you know, on a daily basis, you know, to, to work with people like that. And obviously Tommy as well at the time when he wasn't playing anymore, just the attitude every single day, you know, just from that you learn a lot. Yeah. So see, he's not playing anymore and he's achieved a lot yeah and he doesn't need to do it anymore but every single day was just spot on and, yeah you know it was just great to great to train and great to see every day yeah you must have picked up a lot of your techniques that you still use now whether it's as a, a person or as a goalkeeper yeah there's Off those two and andy like you said yeah I, I think one thing that comes to mind when you said that straight away was the decision making with catching up herring because asmir was very adamant even in training you know a lot of goalie coaches, a lot of goalies are like in training, I try to catch everything. But Asmir wasn't like that. He was, he would do everything how he would do in a game. And if, yeah. in, if there's a shot, you know, even if it's like straight at him, but it wobbles and in training, you try and catch it in the game, you wouldn't, yeah. you just wouldn't. You know what it's like in the game. You've, people probably think I should have caught that, yeah. but you're not catching it. Whereas he, he, in training, he would just do exactly the same as he would do in a game. It's a good skill to have that. So, and it's quite hard. And even now I'm, you know, in my head now, I'm still thinking, I've got to try and catch everything. But, yeah. you know, when you mentioned that, and that was the first thing that came to mind, that he just always made the same decisions as he would in a game, which is, it's like you say, it's really difficult. He said that when he came on the pod, he was the only person that's ever said parry. Oh, really? Of the quick fire questions, okay. casual parry. And he said that, like that story, that he yeah. works on parrying yeah, shots is, yeah. because you do it in a game. And he says, yeah. it's got no relevance if you try and catch everything in training and then you, on a Saturday, parry everything. Yeah. So it's like, why have I practiced catching? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Because in a game, there might be even balls where in training you, you do catch them. But in a game, he's just not taking the yeah. risk. You know, Ben at the weekend against Rotherham had the perfect example, a free kick from about 35 yards. Yep. It's straight down his throat. And from the outside, people go like, oh, he's got to catch that. But he doesn't because it's wobbling. It's moving all over the place. And you can just make yourself look like a... <laughs> sorry. You, yeah, can't, no. you, you can't win in these situations. Yep. And he's obviously made the right decision and just got rid of the ball. And got, I think he's got about 20 yards away from goal. So it's a great parry as well. He's yep. out of the danger zone. Whereas in training, you probably try and catch that. Yep. You know, and you just make... You but you can, could make an arse of it. Exactly. Well, that's the thing, though. If he tries and catch that, it, it probably goes wrong because it's slippy. We've obviously just got the new balls, the winter balls. Yes. So they're brand new, they're slippy. Then it's, it's raining, you know, and in his situation as well, he's not played a lot in the last few years. So he's obviously made the right decision. And it just, it just shows that, you know... It might look wrong to the outside, but it's definitely right yeah. sometimes to parry balls that look like they're catchable. Yeah, if that's yeah. even a word, no, catchable. Yeah. But. It will do. No, <laughs> no, it makes sense, though. Like you're saying, uh, like you control the controllables, we say it, don't we, in goalkeeping, that you, you do the best that you can, at, like the basics well first. Yeah. And if it is that decision-making where you make a nice early decision, you like parry this away, 
no danger comes of it but the ones in training like you're saying that wobble or you try and force a catch out of the ones that you spill but you learn learn yeah in a game don't catch them once but see like again it goes back to we have to make mistakes to improve and that's just goalkeeping that's it that's it yeah that's exactly it so obviously uh finishing your development after the loans and that at stoke and stuff uh you had a the move to watford then when when did you get that phone call so it's quite a interesting story. You've got an interesting story behind everything. I love this. Yeah, because my career has been a little bit different, yeah. I think, because I've not played anything until... Well, I've been on loan a few times, yeah. but I've played only a handful really, of games here and there. I've and... only really started playing... Well, my first proper season was at Kilmarnock in 2018. Yes. And then for Watford in 2021. That's when I started playing when I was 26, 27. Yeah. But yeah, sort of, I left Stoke and um, obviously season finished May, whatever, yeah, May. Season finished and uh, I'm out of contract. I think there was some sort of option, my side or both sides, if I can't remember. But I wanted to leave anyway because I've been there for so long and never really got a chance. Obviously, been been alone, been number two, number three. You know what it's like, you know, as, as a young goalie. Yeah. Never really got. You need to make your own mark. I just you? wanted to go and play. Yeah. Then the season finishes. Obviously, major. And we're speaking to clubs. Um, and I've got, I've actually still got a message on my phone, a screenshot that my agent, the guy who works for my agent, sent me a message from a club owner, I think, or maybe a chairman from a League One club in June 2017, that was, after I left Stoke. It basically says that uh, my agent kind of said, yeah, you know, about Dan Backman from Austria, you know, what, what do you think of him? He's like, oh, yeah, Gaff has mentioned something about a goalkeeper with cradle marks on his arse who's never played a game in his career who wants so-and-so, such-and-such amount per year. And we're talking... Not a lot of money in professional yeah. football. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're talking, you know, probably low end League Two money. We're talking yeah. there because I've obviously just left Stoke and I had no experience. Yeah, and that's the message I, you know, that guy sent about me basically taking the piss out of me. And then a week later, I got a phone call from my old agent that I left about eight months earlier, and it's like breaking up with a girlfriend, isn't it? It's not great. It's awkward. It's awkward. Yeah. It's, it's awkward. awkward yeah. You know, you want to go different ways. You want to try something new. It didn't end well at all. Monaco, of course, my father-in-law, my phone rings and it's my old agent who I've not spoken to for eight months since we've had since the breakup. Since the breakup. <laughs> so I thought, I, I said to my father-in-law, I remember saying to him, uh, I said to Dave, um, I think I should answer. And he went, he looked at me and went, Dan, you've got no choice because I had nothing really. So I answered, he's like, yeah, you're right, blah, 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 obviously in German. And he goes, listen, Watford want you, do you want to do it? And I said, what do you mean? He was like, listen, I've got, you know, they're ready to go. I want us to fly to Barcelona, do the deal there. And I was like, right, okay, let me ring my agent. And he's like, oh, no, don't ring him, don't ring him. Long story cut short, he's tried to cut my agent off the deal. Didn't happen. It was all a bit of a back, back and forth for a couple of days. That was on a Sunday morning. Tuesday night, my agent, uh, I get a phone call. I'm in my apartment in Manchester. Get a phone call from an English number, pick up. And he goes like, oh, hi, it's uh, Filippo Ciraldi from Watford, sporting director at the time. I was like, all right, hey, yeah. Uh, he's like, what's going on, you know, with the two agents here, here and there? And, I was like, listen, I'm here with my agent who was in England. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Manchester. And he was like, yeah, I'm in London at the training ground. Um, so my old agent obviously tried to fly, get us to fly to Barcelona to do the deal overseas because he's not registered as an agent in yeah. England. So um, went there with my agent, went to the training ground. Um, my agent went in the office. I was waiting in the canteen. He comes out, slips me a piece of paper and looks, says to me, he said, Dan, Dan, don't smile. And I looked at the contract. <laughs> and I looked at him and went, Really? And I was like, 
I've gone from literally like somebody taking the piss out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think League One it was for, you know, not a lot of money in football terms to this that I've just seen on that table there. Just found out my wife's pregnant. So everything was, you know, a bit nervous, you know, you don't know what's going on. And then I see this and I'm like, okay, fine, done. Yeah. And that's how it come about. Like from having nothing, people taking the piss out of me to they've watched me in the under-21s qualifiers and we had the playoffs against Spain and that team was like De La Feo, uh, Kepa was in goal, yeah. you know, it was a great Spain team and we drew 1-1 at home, nil-nil away and they had two unbelievable games. And that's obviously their kind of market they, they watch, Watford. Yeah. See me there, obviously believed in me. That's unbelievable, the rest is history. So you need a lot of luck in yeah, football, do, that's yeah. for sure. And I've had that bit of luck in that, you know, those few weeks, if yeah. that makes sense. And obviously, See, if, so you're on that, right, obviously... From being out of contract and literally you don't know when your next deal is, that's a horrible state of mind. And as a player, it's so difficult because you're phoning your agent, you're going, what's happening? And he's going, I haven't got any news for you. So then you're you're, you're making texts yourself to your friends, you're, you're texting old coaches, like, what mm-hmm. should I do? And then for you to then have that flipped within a few weeks, the worst thing is like answering the question to your, to your wife, to, to your father-in-law, mm-hmm. when they're saying, so, so where are you going to sign for next? And that, especially we had a baby underway, that didn't help. Like that um, actual moment in every footballer's life yeah. when they're out of contract looking for a new job is one of the hardest times mentally. Mm-hmm. But you have to stay strong, stay fit, and just stay like ready for that opportunity. Yeah. It, is, it is. I mean, luckily, I've only had it that one time in my career. But it is really stressful. So like I said, I've only experienced it once and hopefully, you know, I don't have to do it too often because it is, it's not a nice situation, you know, regardless of who you are, you know, the thing is, it doesn't matter how much money you've earned before. If you've not, obviously, of course, it makes it harder if you've earned less money because in my situation, when I was at Stoke, I was literally on peanuts. Yeah. You know, I wasn't on anywhere near first team money, you know, so, you know, I've never earned a lot of money, so I didn't have a lot of savings. Um, then our contract may be underway and then people turning me down and then obviously this opportunity comes and that you know took it with both hands and um, never looked back and um, but yeah it's really really stressful it's really really uncomfortable yeah. um, and I, f- I think almost like that I probably didn't realise the extent of it yeah. either because you just in your own world you think ah, something will come up something yeah, will come up phone will ring but you, you, I don't think thinking back at it now I don't think I might have really realised the extent of the position I was in mm. Because it, I got out of it quite luckily, obviously, with the opportunity I got from Watford. And, you know, I think I've paid them back. And, you know, yeah. obviously, I've got them, you know, to thank as well for a lot of yeah. things in my career. But, um, yes, football's, football's a funny game. And Crazy. things things change like this. Yeah. It, even uh, at Watford, then, when you signed, you still had to, you, you've had to bide your time at Watford mm. for a, a good few years as well, yeah. it was. And uh, you had to be patient. Obviously, we talked about Fozzy and that, and you had to to wait for your opportunity. Mm. But was this all for you building blocks? As in, like, when I get my chance, this is how I'm going to try and cement my place. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really really tough because, of course, I knew I got that chance and got, but I always believed in myself. I always knew I was good enough. You know, there was not one moment where, um, where I thought to myself, maybe I'm just not good enough. I I never had that, and I think I'm quite lucky that I've got that mindset and that I'm maybe, you know. That I, I just I just trust in myself and I believe in myself. Yeah. It's not arrogance at all. I, I don't think I wouldn't say about myself I'm an arrogant person, but I just I just always believed in myself. I always knew I will get my chance at some point and then I'll have to take it. But it was really really tough. Obviously, I had Gomi, uh, Aurelia Gomez yeah. in front of me. 
and then Fozzie, you know, <laughs> doesn't get really much harder, you know, obviously two absolute legends of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was times where I'm thinking, oh, I should get a chance now, you know, when am I getting a chance? But I just tried to keep doing everything right in training every day and, you know, trying to impress, you know, whoever, whoever the manager was at the time. And, um, you know, just, just try to do my best and also knowing if the chance does come, I've got to be ready. So I can't be in a mindset of, oh, this is shit and this yeah. and that. Just got to get on with things and be ready. You know, yeah. I've got a contract here. They're paying me here. Got to do everything I can to help the team in that situation and make sure I'm ready for when I get the chance. And obviously, eventually it came and I took it. And then it all happened really quick, obviously, with Austria and the Euros and yeah. promotion. It was quite nice. Oh, that leads on nicely to obviously representing Austria and stuff. Uh, obviously, you've you've come right the way through from the under-16s and that. And so now, obviously, you've qualified uh, for the Euros. Like It's obviously... You, with Austria, it's been, a, like I said, a long time. You've been through all the age groups and then to now achieve what you're going on to achieve must be a really exciting time. Yeah, it's 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 obviously, it, it took a while. You know, I made my Austria debut with 27, yeah, 27. So obviously we got promoted. I got the number one shirt yeah. uh, in January, the season we last got promoted. Obviously played all the way to the end of the season, got to the Premier League, got my first call-up to the national team. Well, my second call-up. I called up before once a couple of years ago. Got my call up again right before the Euros. So the, the squad for the Euros was not my first call up, but the first one in years. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I must have a chance here to play. I've never played. Yeah. But I've just got promoted. Obviously, I'm playing really well. I'm going to be playing in the Premier League. So I'm going into that camp thinking, obviously, I already know by then I'm going to the Euros. Yeah. But then you want to play. You want to play. Yeah. You want to play. So going to the Euros and the first friendly game, uh, you know, preparation game was in England against England. Um, obviously we fly to, it was in Middlesbrough, flew to Middlesbrough and then the night before the game we have dinner and then the manager said he wants to speak to the goalies obviously to tell us who's going to play one by one and it was me to go in last and you know you, you start thinking like, is it better if I go first, <laughs> if I get called in first, it, if I called in second, if, if I get called if in I'm last. last, is it because I'm going to have an argument? Or? Well exactly, what's it going to be? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting, I'm waiting, like I'm twiddling my thumbs and I'm going oh, what's going to happen here now? Because obviously I want to play, I'm and um, calls me and obviously tells me to play against England. So made my debut for Austria in England against England, which Amazing. is quite nice with my story Amazing, as well. Amazing, yeah. Um, did well. And then four days later, we had the last game before the Euros on a Sunday afternoon against Slovakia in Vienna. And obviously who played that game was going to play He's going to play, yeah. So it's the last game of pre-season. Exactly. Theory, so Saturday night, you know, obviously in training, he couldn't tell anything. You know, Saturday last training, he couldn't say, uh, couldn't tell anything of who's going to play. He's kept it really quiet, which I'm not the biggest fan of because I think people should know whether they play or not by the last training. It helps session. your mindset. Especially as goalkeepers. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, so it's ten o'clock at night, we're playing poker, some of the lads are just playing cards in the in the players' lounge. And the goalie coach rings me and he's like, Oh, where are you? I said, oh, I'm just in the players' lounge. And he's like, Oh, can you come see me in the lobby? So I'm like, all right, here we go. This is this is it. <laughs> so I'm um, going down and I sit down and the first thing he said to me, he looked at me and went, What do you want to hear? And then I knew that I was going to play because he wasn't going to say to me, what do you want to hear? Yeah, I yeah. go, well, obviously that I'm playing. He's going, nah, you're not. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So I knew straight away. And he was like, well, obviously that, that I'm going to play tomorrow. And he went like, yeah, you're playing tomorrow. And also you're going to be number one for the Euros. And I was like, I still get goosebumps talking about yeah, it. Yeah, amazing. Because you know, Massive I've gone from six months earlier, I didn't even play in the championship. And all of a sudden I've made my debut for Austria. I'm going to play in the European championship. And I know the Premier League's coming within the next two months. So... Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an amazing year of my my career for sure. Yeah, no, obviously 
re representing your country at any level, but to 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 achieve what you've done, like mm. you said, from from almost being out of the game to then working your way back into to, to where you got to it and accumulating a promotion and and your debut and playing at Euro is just an unbelievable mm. achievement. Yes, yeah, it was a great. It's uh, it's a bit unfortunate that it was during not COVID times, but it was still restrictions with the, with the crowds, but. It was just, it was an amazing experience for sure. What's your your hopes now with Austria going forward? Yeah, um, obviously, I mean, since the manager change, I've been in and out of the squad yes. with uh, Ralf Rangnick, obviously, yeah. as the manager now. So it's, it's it's a difficult one. Listen, all I can do is play. I've done it last time because I didn't play one single qualifying game the last time we went to the Euros and ended up being number one in the Euros. Yes. So I know how football works. That doesn't say anything. So I know my chance is still there. I want to play at the Euros next year, and all I can do is play well for Watford, perform well for Watford, well for Watford as an individual, but also as a team. You know, because if we don't have a good season, it'll be tough. Of course, yeah. Um, to get the call up, if we get promoted, for sure, I think I've got a really good chance. But of course, I want to go to the Euros. That's the the target. You know, away from Watford this year to to go to the Euros and ultimately play. And then I think Austria have got. I do think we've got a good chance. You know, we're certainly not one of the favourites. But you could call us one of the black horses, I'd say, because we will have... Yeah, the underdogs. The underdogs, yeah. for sure, because, you know, the way we play, you know, it, it's good. And we played Germany last night and beat them 2-0 and could have been a lot more than 2. Yeah. Um, no, we've, we've certainly got a chance if we if we do, um, you know, if we do everything right. And yeah, for sure. Oh, fingers crossed then. Right, uh, I want to crack on with a quiz now. Uh, right, I was briefing Daniel before about the quiz. Goalie or no goalie. So it's one point for each correct answer. I've got 10 names, five are international goalkeepers yeah. and five are made up names from around the world. Normally, I actually, I'll give you a little clue here, but I'll go through like your social media, find out who you're following and then like find out what you like and put the names together. Okay. So you might have heard of the names and you think, oh, I've ever heard that in the goalie world or not. Okay, fine. Okay, so like... Go on, that's quite a good The, good the audience can uh, head along to YouTube and find out our leaderboard. Right, so... 10, 10. Go on. I'll get my scoreboard out. You're so doing I, name by name. So you say name and I'll I do say, one. Yeah. Go, okay, and you'll fine. say goalie or yeah. no goalie. All right. Here we go. Right. So, number one, Sharudin Mohamed Daliev. I'm saying that's the Azerbaijan goalie. He is the Azerbaijan goalkeeper. Yeah. That's nice, you, because yeah. he played against Austria yeah. to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> nice, easy one for me yeah. to start. Not well, easy for easy. me to say. Well, yeah, it's not easy. Not an easy name. There right. we go. Number two. Krishnan Guru Murphy. I'm going to say no. No goalie? No. That is correct. He is the Channel 4 news presenter. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't have known the name. No, exactly, yeah. So, like, you'd have heard the name before. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the whole point. It's a bit yeah. tricky. Right, number three, Anis Fercici. Another name. It's an Albanian name, so the question is whether he plays for Albania. I'm going to say he's a goalie for Albania. He is not a goalkeeper. He is better known as German rapper Bushido. Oh my god, how do I know? <laughs> oh my god, I am so embarrassed. I grew up listening to. Yeah. Oh well, my. You follow him. God. As soon as I seen that you followed him, I was like Bushido. I that bet is he doesn't know his actual name. Oh no, but I, I, I will. I, you have heard no, of it, oh but you. Oh my <laughs> god. All right, go on. Next one. Love that. Uh, good one. That. Yeah. You're devastated. Yeah, I am. Right, number four, Armen Darmen. <laughs> God's sake. Oh, God. I said before to you as well off camera that I think I'm going to be good yeah, at you this. You said to me, you was confident as well. I <sighs> so we've had one goalie so far, haven't we? And five are goalies. 
Is that right? Well, I'm on the fourth one. But in total, there's five goalies in those yes, ten names, correct, and we've yeah. had one so far yeah, with them. Intelligent the person team. here, Daniel. Trying to work out the statistics of exactly. what I'd go for. Armin Darmen. I'm going to say, yeah. Yes, a goalie. No. Goalie? Yeah. He is a goalkeeper, mate. He is Tunisia and Al Hazm. Yeah. That was a pure guess. Pure guess. Pure guess. So, could not really take any credit for yeah, that. Nah. It's a pure guess. Name could it's threw you off as well. Yeah. Right. Number five, Amori Guccian. That could be my pronunciation. Amari Guachon. Let's go for that. I was trying to think if, if you could maybe say it any different than yeah, to what no, I would listen yeah. to. I'd love to show you what it is, but I can't. He's got the answer next to it. Amori Gouchon. I'm going to say no goalie. It's not a goalkeeper. It's a world-famous pastry and chocolate chef. Wow. Just thought that name could have been a goalie. Sounds like a proper... Can yeah. you pronounce that name? You can speak a yeah, few Amori languages. Amori Gouchon, I would have said. Yeah? Amori Gouchon, yeah. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't, yeah, that, it wasn't bad. that bad at all. All right, you're on, five, you're on four. Four, yeah. It's not too bad. Five, you're fine, mate. So how many goalies have you had so far, two? Yeah, I like the way you're right. working it out. Right. Number six, Damjan Siskovsky. Siskovsky. Yeah. I'm going to say goalie. He is a goalkeeper. He is North Macedonia yeah. and Doxa. Yeah. Goalkeeper. Heard of him before? Yeah, because we played against North Macedonia, yeah. but number one is Dolis Dim... Dim uh, Dimitrievski is the yeah. number one. And he was on the bench. He, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So some of the games, I'd go back in your history right, and see if okay, you've been fine. in squads. And yeah, just yeah, yeah. To try and make it, because then yeah. I don't ever know if you would know them personally, but I know that you'd have heard the yeah. name. So, yeah. have, so I've got three goalies now out of six. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, Ronwen Williams. I'm going to say no goalie. He is a goalkeeper. Oh. The South Africa goalkeeper. Okay, yeah, never heard of him. Nah, it's. I think the name's throwing you off because it sounds he looks like Robbie very Williams. young. I think he does look very young. He doesn't look like thirty-one. No. Yeah, he played in their last game. Okay, fact check Fair me play. on that. Right, did I just give you a point for that? By the way, was I on I five to... before? You're on. I was on five before. You was on that. five before. Yeah, yeah no, they got yeah, it yeah. wrong. I yeah. got it wrong. You got it wrong. Yeah, so, so you're still on five. Yeah. Yeah. five out of seven. Right, and number we've had four goalies. Number eight. David Froy. Is it spelled F-R-E-U? F-R-O-Y. Oh, so it's actually Froy. Okay, Froy. Not Frey. Not Sebastian Frey. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say no goalie. He is not a goalkeeper. He, a look. he and a guy called James McCarty, oh, wow. they invented the dimples on a golf ball. Oh, wow. Uh, I know you're, <laughs> you're a keen golfer, aren't you? I am, yeah. I'm not great, but yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. You follow a lot of golfers. Oh, yeah, like, I love it. <laughs> you follow all the tours. Yeah, and I love it. Like, I'll chuck yeah, a golf great. one in yeah, there, yeah, a random yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. They invented the dimples in a golf ball. It's weird, that, but it makes it yeah. more aerodynamic. Must have been a long time ago as well. Right. Number nine, Cameron Carter's Vickers. He's a centre-back, isn't he? Cameron Carter Vickers. All right. I'm going to say no, because I think he's a centre-back for Celtic. He is a goalkeeper. No, that is a centre-back. What have I done there? Have I yeah. picked the wrong person? Yeah. Oh, no. I've, yeah, that is yeah. not a goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah. I've chucked the wrong person in there. Ha! <laughs> right, I'm going to... Yeah, I was thinking he's centre-back, yeah. Yeah. For Celtic. He was at Spurs. He was, yeah. Right. And uh, last one. El Medi Benadibib. Benadib. Well, he's got to be a goalie because we're missing yeah, one goalie. Right, yeah, <laughs> You've chucked me That's in there. the mouse. <laughs> Lovely you. <laughs> 
It's not bad. I take eight that. Eight out of ten. I've I'll got to be chuffed with that. Yeah, that's really good. That's a really good goal. There was a few guesses in there, obviously. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, nice. I'm happy with that. Yeah. You said you'd do that. well, mate. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It was tough, but yeah. Obviously, there's one that you're right. really, really not happy with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have got a name, really, because yeah. I, I grew copy. up listening to his music. Honestly, really, yeah. I still got. I still listen to it now. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's good. I mean, yeah. obviously, you won't like it because you don't understand what he's yeah, saying, but yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's like the first. Probably had a. Probably the biggest German rapper. Oh, right. Last okay. 20 years. Yeah. yeah. All right. so when I was going through your Instagram, like who you really follow, good. I was like, oh, I bet you there's one in there that yeah. I can pick. Really oh, well played. Eight good. out of ten, mate. You got to be chuffed with that. Yeah, That's nice. good scoring. Really that. nice. Right. Well, let's go and do a little bit of geeky goalkeeper stuff then, right? Uh, let's go straight into the goalie gloves first. Yeah. What what gloves do you wear? Um, I wear Pumas. Yeah. Uh, the ultra model, if you want to go yeah. off the shape, uh, the the look of it. Um, but I've got, like, it's not a special cut for Puma, it is because they don't sell. The roll finger, roll fingers, roll yeah. fingers. Um, they don't sell that, so they make that with the ultra look. Yep. Oh, so the so, Puma don't actually sell roll fingers. They it's don't. Just no. a... So they sell, you know, the really, really tight ones. Yes. The really tight ones, yep. almost like gardening gloves. Yep. Um, and then they sell like a hybrid model, which is a mix between. Yeah, flat palm and roll finger. Yeah, yeah. flat palm, roll finger, negative cart, like the inside stitch. It's a bit of everything, but yep. it's no real roll finger. So. Yeah, they make that for me, and it's uh, yeah, very happy with it. Yeah, very happy. obviously, you you say that they they custom make that to you for you, but they make it look like the current models and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, did they did they actually measure your hands? You know, like did you have anything professional that was like, or did you just go off previous gloves what you know and like? No, I, I just tried a few sizes, so I went off the previous sizes and also tried the different models from Puma. Yep, and then just said, make me nine and a half. I wear, I think. I don't think if there's no, there's no size in there. I think, um, I but I think it's nine and a half. That that's the that's the size that I wear. But it's quite, quite strange. Like one of the lads, for example, he wears uh, one of the younger lads wears a Reusch, and he's got a like I tried one of his pairs in the in the room, It's ten point five size yeah. ten point five, and I can barely get my hands in it. It's crazy. The difference. It's just like it's it's mind boggling how yeah. how that works. You know the difference that the difference is that big. But yeah, I wear, wear nine and a half. And, but I never had any like proper measurement. I just go off. Uh, yeah, just cut feel. Just what I used to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, these are, roll fingers are naturally are quite a thick latex yeah. anyway. Is that something that you do prefer? Yeah, I, I don't. I just, yeah, I just like to have a, a lot of surface to work with it. That yep. makes sense. Just, uh, I 100% agree. I wear gloves that are too big for me. I love. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I wear size yeah. 11 gloves. I'm probably a 10, 10 and a half. Yeah, I, yeah. I like having a bigger glove. Yeah. And I think it's more, I like the perception that, when I capture something, everyone yeah. goes, oh, You've got that was the ball. Stuck. Yeah, and you've yeah. got the ball covered, yes. and it, it just looks better, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does, you, yeah. I don't wear my gloves big, and nine and a half is obviously not that big, but the roll finger in general just looks a bigger glove anyway yep. because they're so thick, like you say, and obviously quite wide as well. Um, You're quite traditional with gloves, really, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, they are, yeah. Typical strap, no no strapless gloves. No, I don't, I don't like all that. Yeah. It's, it's too much for me, and I really don't like the you know that skinny slow like Adidas yes. do now. And Adidas aren't too bad. Um, but obviously I've tried the Puma one as well and for me personally I really struggle with it yeah. you know the like proper tight and just you just use your fingers basically with a bit of latex on yeah. it it's um, yeah it's it's not for me at all yeah you're a bit more old school I love all that yeah. um, I was going to say about your gloves uh, do you remember your first ever pair of gloves in comparison I remember one pair that I bought in 2006 I don't really remember actually I don't know if that was before I remember I used to have Lotto yeah like Peter Cech used Peter to wear Czech, yeah. I had these and then I had the Puma ones, the white and gold in 2006 from the World Cup yes, that Buffon I was wearing. Them. Yeah. I remember oh, having these. Gloves, I remember yeah. having these. I had some cells. I remember having some cells. Um, so you, you have been a traditional, like, old school. Yeah. Player, and then I was you? for a long time, uh, 
you'll know Keeper Sport, I guess. Yes. Obviously, the Austrian yes. um, guy who found the guys who founded it. They literally from where I'm from, same area. Yeah. Um, so from literally when I moved to Stoke, even before when I was already in Austria, the last couple of years there until the Euros, I've wore Keeper Sport my whole yeah. whole career, and then um, yeah, obviously Puma came up and with the Euros as well, obviously playing for Austria, Austria sponsored by Puma. And yeah. Yeah, obviously I had to make a decision and um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was just a decision. I thought I, I had to make it. I, I felt a bit bad because I've been with them for so long and obviously they've done a lot for me and um, obviously I've given them good publicity as well. Yes. But I did feel a bit bad that just before the year as I swapped to Puma. And the thing is, it had nothing to do financially or anything yeah, yeah, at all, yeah. but I just thought to have the connection with such a brand. Yes, no, 100%. It might yeah. help me going forward. That's that's why I went with Puma. And obviously, with wearing a brand like Puma, you get the boots as well and you do the colour coordinated yeah. matching stuff. Exactly. Do you find that you like stuff like that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I uh, love it, man. I do. I, uh, some colours that come out, I do like some colours, obviously, like less. I, I love that colour right now. I think yes. that colour now is, I think, with the boots together, looks great. Yep. Yeah, my favorite one since I've been with Puma was probably the one, the first ones I had during the Euros. They were like pretty much all white with a little bit of color sprinkling. I don't yeah. know if you remember them, but yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were, yeah, they were great as well. But yeah, I, I love the, the matching. Yeah, you know, the matching booting gloves. Yeah. How often do you change a pair of gloves? Um, normally, where I'd, I'd say between two and five games, depending on yeah conditions. How they are and. But obviously, I feel like the older the gloves get, the grippier they get. Oh, now, because with, with the new balls, obviously, like I said before as well, with the new balls, it's so difficult. Yeah. They're literally, balls these days are made for goals. Yeah, 100%. They're made, they're, to make for it as, they're, they're made to make it as difficult as possible for us goalkeepers, you know, whether it's the swerving of the ball, the, the grip, they're just made for strikers. That's 100%. obviously because, you know, that's what it's makes the game, the goals, exactly. That's what makes the entertainment. So it becomes more difficult for us, obviously. Really slippy and the newer the balls as well. And, most games you play with brand new balls, yeah, which is horrible. Oh my god, it's, I don't need to tell you, it's just horrible. But we can talk about it. So in a warm up, you warm up with the training balls, the old balls that have already got the plastic coating removed, yeah. and then on a match day you turn up and you've got your gloves ready for the old balls. Exactly. Really, you'll do the warm up. Your gloves feel fantastic, yeah. and then as soon as you touch the ball for that first, you're like, oh my god, what's happened there? Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. like someone's rubbed Vaseline on yeah. it. I know that you can do the Vaseline trick as well, but like I, I agree with you that the, depending on the conditions, if it's a sunny day, the pitch is dry and the balls are new, a new pair of gloves works brilliantly, yeah, yeah. but the, the wetter it gets and the, uh, the older your gloves are, your older gloves respond better in wet yeah, conditions. Yeah, just because of obviously all the all the chemicals that are on there just disappear. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's, um, yeah, so these... Yeah, I've worn these, I think, for four games. Yeah. Yeah, four four games. And I always wear the same pair in the warm-up as well because I know, obviously, a lot of goalies, you know, not, well, I, I knew some goalies that... Will change. They wear a different pair in the warm-up. Um, I think Asmi, if I remember correctly, he probably told you about yeah. From what I remember, he always got a brand-new pair out. If I'm not wrong, I feel like he always got a brand-new pair out for the warm-up. Yeah. And bought them in the warm-up warm straight in the game. But always, yeah, yeah. I feel like he did that. Maybe yeah, I'm yeah. wrong. But that... If I remember that was correctly. his way of breaking them in. Do you do you break them in? Like if you Day had before. a new pair, would you train fully in them on Friday? Yeah. You... So this week, obviously, I'll wear a new pair, and then I'll wear them in training on Friday. Yep. And then obviously in the warm up on Saturday, and then in the game. Will you wash them and stuff before or not? It, de it depends. It really depends because I quite like a little bit of dirt on it. Obviously, yeah. if, if they turn quite dark, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Morning weather, then I'll, I'll give them a wash. Of course, but 
um, and they've been through the washing machine. Um, but um, it's just I, I don't I don't mind it? a bit of dirt on it because it, like we said, it gets rid of the chemicals and you know the mud in there. It it, it does help, I think. Um, but yeah, I do wash them obviously if they're really really dirty. I know we were saying before about like, wearing matching boots and like, if you look the part, you play the part. But see, sometimes when you see a goalie go out in bright new boots, bright new gloves, you're like. He ain't ready to get dirty today. It's also a mindset thing, and <laughs> yeah, it's I a perception so, yeah. thing. But it, it, it means nothing really. Yeah. But it's just whatever you're comfortable. Exactly, in. that's all that matters. Whatever you, whatever works for you, that's all that matters. It doesn't yeah. matter what other people say because in football, especially the higher you get, people, especially the fans, talk anyway about you know, you know your appearance, whatever it is. That's just part of the game. Um, so, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. So you just do what feels comfortable yeah. you know what you're happy with and you know what you feel comfortable yourself in, in yourself yeah. that's the most important uh, do you have any superstitions not really no i'm not superstitious at all you know i'm quite relaxed before a game i don't do anything where i say right, i do this before a game i do this before a game um not really no not even uh, in pre-match and stuff like the way you prepare for a game are you on mm. a friday night do you have to eat a certain meal or on a saturday no i don't really have to know i've recently changed my pre-match meal a couple of weeks ago but then obviously now I'll, I'll regularly, you know, always eat the same now. Yep. Just because I know that works, that works for me. Yeah. Just what is that meal? Well, now I've changed to um, just uh, pasta with pesto and a bit of chicken in it. Yeah. Um, before I used to have um, that chicken breast with some uh, mashed potato, rice, uh, some carrots and a little mashed bit. Mashed potato and rice? Man. Yeah. Sounds mental. I'm, I'm, same yeah, I, I need a lot of food before I'm Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh See, I'm the opposite. God. I don't, I don't oh. like to eat a lot before a game. I need a lot of food. Yeah. Food's almost more important than yeah. water for me before a game. Yeah. Because I get quite, um, you know, my, my sugar levels drop really quickly. So I need to make sure I'm, you know, I'm, just, yeah, yeah. I'm stocked up. Yeah, and I'm a caffeine drinker before a yeah, game. Yeah. Caffeine gum and caffeine. Yeah, yeah. I have the shot before the warm-up to be yeah, fair, yeah. caffeine shot. Yeah, that, that helps as yeah. well. Uh, and then all I wanted to talk about a bit, bit more was about, about training and that and the structure of a week. And yeah. obviously you've been a number two a lot and worked your way through do you love training now to just be about the number one goalkeeper? Or I would, I would probably say that you're probably more considerate than most because you've experienced it for a lot of your career. Yeah. I, I mean, me and Ben, obviously, we've got a great relationship. We're yeah. really close off the pitch as well. So it's obviously, it's really easy. It's which is not, not to be it's close not, with him, isn't it? Yeah, what a guy. Yeah, what <laughs> a guy. Um, but it's not um, It's not usual, is it? You no. know, it's, 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 I'd say it's very uncommon or very unusual for number one and number two goalkeeper to have a really close relationship, certainly off the, field, mm. off the field. But for me, even if it wasn't Ben, I'd want everyone to enjoy training. Like, yeah. You know, I don't want it to be about me. Yeah. I want training to be enjoyable, you know, because we're footballers, we're lucky enough to get to play football every day. So I want it to be enjoyable for everyone. If, obviously if you, You'll get the most out of it if he gets the most out well, of it. Exactly. Everyone benefits. And, and, and I think what I love as well is, so what I used to love when I was a number two, just the competitiveness as well, you know. I want, obviously he's making a save. I'm thinking, right, I'm not conceding here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I really enjoyed it. Even now, like when Ben's in goal and he's having a great set, I'm thinking, oh, I can't concede here. Yeah. I'm not conceding a goal here now because yeah, he yeah. didn't. So I can't. Or even when it's one of the young lads, I'm thinking, right, young lad didn't concede one. I'm not conceding one. Yeah. Do you know Put what I mean? pressure like, on yourself yeah, though, to I, make I, yourself better. But that's better. good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love that so yeah. much about like just the training mentality yeah. every day and we played goalie wars in training yesterday yeah. and me at 37 i'm still beating the young pups and i'm letting them know that like they haven't beat me yeah and like obviously they're a lot fitter a lot more agile and yeah. should make more saves but mentally i know that i've got that edge so I'll, I'll make sure that they know that as well and like obviously kicking a ball for the last 20 years of my life 
I strike it well. Yeah, so yeah. I was it straight away in the head. I was like, I'm not losing this because yeah, that, yeah. that determination don't ever leave but you. That never goes away. Does obviously you you obviously uh, how old are you exactly? Thirty seven. Yeah, thirty seven. Obviously, you're quite a few years older than me. Yeah, and you know you're probably towards the back end of your your, yeah. your career. But that never goes away, does it? No, that, never. That feeling of that just, just wanting to be the best. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you might think, yeah, you know, there's a young kid now, might have give me might give him a chance. That's not how it works. Yeah. You want to play as long as you can play. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I'm not at that stage, yet, but I know how I feel, and I'm with the young lad, and I'm thinking sometimes, you know, he can play a game and train, and but I want to play, and you that's how play. we are as athletes, yeah. not just footballers, but athletes in general. It's so as long as we're doing what we're doing. We want to be the best, yeah, every single day, and that's. I think, I think that obviously outfielders are they're different than us, but we're so much more driven personally mm. because it's only us. It's us against the the team basically. Yeah. So only us will look after us, yeah. And so, but an outfielder that sometimes that they can miss a session in training or, but goalies we hate missing training sessions. Mm -hmm. Like we could have like be carrying injuries. Well, like, we can do something yeah. like. I've got a bruised hip today. Yeah. I can't dive left. Exactly I'm still that. coming out to train. Exactly that. And you still throw yourself around yeah. like a madman. You're like, I should really come off it yeah. a bit. But, but it's, it's it's strange because you can say I was just thinking while you were talking then. And he's exactly right. You know, we say we've got a bad, bad elbow. Right, we'll go out and do some distribution. Yeah. But a lot of outfield players, they sometimes just say, oh, I'll stay inside today. Yeah, yeah. I hate staying inside. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a goalie thing, isn't it? It's is a goalie thing. Everyone's the same. That's our mentality. Of yeah. Like, like we'll strap our fingers up yeah. if we're hurt. We'll, yeah. we, we don't like to show that we're hurt, yeah. but we also like to show that if we are hurt, we'll get through we'll it. We'll get through it, yeah, yeah. And that's just a mentality yeah. aspect. From That's why we're special. Not <laughs> exactly. weird or strange, exactly. we're just special. Right, I've got uh, one final question for you, Daniel, right? And I finish on this every week, but uh, what does a goalkeeper's union mean to you? It's a deep question, by the way. You can say <laughs> it, it can be light. Yeah, it's a good... Let me think about it. What does the goalkeeper's union mean to me? I, I think... It gets taken the piss out of a lot of time by the outfield players. That's for sure. The old banjo. Exactly. Yeah. Just just little things when we're sitting in the canteen in the mornings and, you know, highlights are on in the game. And, you know, like some of the lads are going, oh, fucking hell, he's got to save that. And like any goal on Sky Sports News. And I'm looking at him going, you what? Like, come on, Danny, he's got to save that. I'm like, oh, just, just shut up. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like these yeah. little things, like they, they wind us up. Other, exactly. Yeah. So, we, so we look after each other and... Um, as much as we are obviously in a strange position that only one can play and there's normally three of us and there's a lot of competition obviously and it's a lot of, it's different. But we still all stick together in a way, yeah. if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? You'd always defend him. Like I'd always, you know, if, if you know, Ben plays and I'd always defend him, you know, regardless of how angry I am that I'm not playing, yeah. but I'd, I'd always defend him with whether it's teammates or on the outside, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, obviously, yeah. I've learned a lot throughout my career and I probably wouldn't have been always like this yes. when I was younger. It's different then. But, you know, now, at the stage now, you know, if Ben was to play now for whatever reason, the gaffer said, listen, I'm going with Ben this weekend or for now, of course, I'd be pissed off. Yep. But I'll be supportive with him and on the outside as well, just because that's how I want him to be. Yep. So that's exactly how I'm going to be. So yep. I think the GK Union is very underrated to how... I don't know if that makes sense, but it's underrated to how important it is to us. Important 100%. it is to us as goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, we're on it. That's. A, I always say that we're like a little brotherhood. We're, yeah. we're a community where we'll push each other and we'll fight each other, yeah. but we'll absolutely love each other and always have each other's back. And it yeah. don't matter if you're. You, you always see after a game, the first person that you want to say something to is the other goalkeeper. Yes, exactly. Like the first person's hand that you actually want to shake is. Yeah. Say, 
and you want to give them a compliment yeah. or you want to, if they've made a mistake, you want to give them reassurance. Yeah. And you don't even know these people. Right. Yeah. But the first person that you walk over to and you're like, by the way, what about that save? Oh, that cross yeah. that you came for in the last minute takes, takes a bit of bollocks. It's, it's, uh, I remember there was, there was a, a game a few weeks ago we played West Brom and uh, Alex Palmer, I think that's yes. Palmer. He made an unbelievable save. Obviously, a bit of luck within involved as well, but from where I was standing, it looked unbelievable. Yeah. And I found myself standing on a pitch, I literally went like this. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that because it just cost us not scoring. But, yeah. you know, sometimes that's just it's how we react reaction, to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, um, I was going to say something when you, um, but never mind. It's, uh, it's just a, just a, a big part of, part of our lives isn't it it's yeah. just uh, just who we are it's who we are mate I've, I've loved this episode thank you very much for coming on thanks Daniel Backman everyone thanks Been for having me absolutely class what an episode that was oh. uh, this has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me Mark Howard uh, I want to say a quick thank you to uh, Mystery Football uh, Mito Red Light Therapy and also Forged Iris Stout for helping being part of the show and sponsoring us uh, they really do help us grow make sure you're following us on YouTube uh, or across any of your podcast platforms thanks a lot guys bye what a save from Mark Howard. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.